Welcome to the Financially Independent Teachers Podcast, where educators come together to discuss their journey on the road to financial independence. Now, please join our co-host, Dave and Brandon, as they prepare to help other educators get fit with their finances. Welcome and thanks for joining us on episode 138 of the Financially Independent Teachers Podcast. If you think your story could help other educators and you'd be willing to come on the show, please check out our website, financiallyindependentteachers.com and fill out the form to come on the show. Coach Spees, what a wonderful episode we had last week with uh, one of our favorites and fan favorite, Justin Garrett. He's a, a former teacher for over a decade, ended up, you know, he was doing a side hustle at the time with some financial help. Uh, financial coaching, which has now turned into financial planning. He exited education. Uh, he misses he misses school a little bit, but I know he loves passionately helping his clients prepare and plan for a better future. So, what an episode last week! And I know we've got a great one coming up with Justin again this week. Yeah, I you know I was telling him after the episode last time how how smooth he is with the delivery of information. You know, he's he has the ability to take a lot of information, uh, boil it down into you know, bite-sized nuggets, put it out there in a way that's, that's, that's digestible. And I just love listening to him teach. So I can imagine he was an outstanding teacher. He still is. And looking forward to this episode for sure. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, anytime you talk about student loans, I would think the immediate uh, thought process I'd have is, well, I don't have student loans anymore. Why should I listen to this episode? What will you say to that, Justin? I, I don't have student loans. I'm, you know, why should I still listen to this episode? Man, there's got to be someone in your life who does, and you could change their life by making sure between now and December 31st, they take some serious action with their student loans. So if you run, I was just running, I was actually just running around the harbor in Baltimore the other day. I ran into one of my good friends and uh, we talked really quickly back and forth. I was ready to take off. And he was like, hey, my wife's loans are almost going to be forgiven. And I was like, oh, that's great. And he was like, it's only half of them. And I said, we mean only half of them. He was like, well, you know, she had $150,000. She's a nurse. She had $150,000 of debt. I was like, uh, tell me a little bit more. I followed up with him about five or 10 minutes into the conversation. I realized if he consolidated them and he reapplied for PSLF, he'd go from having 45000 forgiven to 150000 forgiven. That was one cross of just walking past somebody the other day. So there, if there is anyone in your family that we can take action on with student loans right now, deadlines are coming up. And we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. So today is October 29th and you mentioned like a December deadline. So we literally have barely 30 days. If you're listening, coach, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I have a friend, my wife and I have a friend that we are going to send this episode to because it's going to change her family's life uh, this episode. And so I'm hoping that that's the case for so many others, because that is really what makes all this fun is that people's lives are getting, get changed for the better, you know, moves the needle for them. Yeah. One thing I've seen, Justin, and again, teachers are so busy. They're working so hard, less resources, more responsibilities. You know, we might catch a nugget here or there on the news. What I've noticed with a lot of people that I've run into is they they heard the big Fox News and the CNN story about President Biden's student loan forgiveness. And people are getting caught up on that. Like, man, I saw the Supreme Court said said no to that. Or, you know, we thought it was going to be this amount. It ended up being this amount. If you are in public education, If you are a teacher, none of the stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're seeing on the national news regarding student loan debt in general 
really even matters to us. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't matter, but when it comes to getting our loans forgiven, there is a clear and direct pathway, no matter what's going on with the president and the Supreme Court. Am I right on that or am I wrong? I could be wrong. Yes. Well, I do think a lot of people are just so hesitant and scared about this because they've seen newspapers and, and uh, blogs put out there around only 1% of people have gotten their stuff forgiven. That, that was a famous article that Dave Ramsey always refers to from a few years ago. And I, I will say, as somebody who has cons- consulted student loans, dozens and dozens of people, you've also had Dave on the episode who does hundreds of these. This is happening. This is working. And it definitely, if we just follow the rules, it could change your life. And I know a lot of people, they look at their student loan balance and a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are stressed. A lot of people don't know what moves to make. There isn't out there as long as there's intentionality and planning that happens now. Well, tell us how this all works. Perfect. So I, you guys had a great episode again with Dave, uh, I think about a month ago on here, who went through the plan. So I'm going to do a quick little summary of the main key uh, terms of the plan uh, and all the different student loan stuff that I would know going into it. So I'll probably take his episode and instead of 40 minutes and probably just nail us down to two minutes of a quick summary. So some key terms out there, two types of student loans, you have pro- uh, public and private. We are going to focus most of our attention today on the public loans. If you're, if you do have private loans, there's not a forgiveness pathway for you in terms of the government coming in and forgiving your loans. Your only option for private is that you can consider refinancing if the interest rates have gone down, or you can consider refinancing if you want the length of the payment or the amount of payment to change. But for most people, if they're in a private plan, they probably have lower payments and lower interest from two years ago when interest rates were lower. So for a lot of people, there's not much going on here with private. We're going to focus our attention today pretty much solely on public loans. So for public loans, we've got three typical ways to go out go after your loans. The first way is to go dollar for dollar and pay these off. Some people that makes sense for other people. One of these other options makes sense. The second way to go after these is to go for a forgiveness option. So the forgiveness option is the PSLF or public student loan forgiveness plan, which essentially means you teach or work in a nonprofit for 10 years. That's 120 payments being made during those 10 years. Doesn't have to be consecutive. It can be batched up in different ways. But more or less, it's somebody who taught non taught in a school, worked in a nonprofit. Catholic schools count, by the way. Uh, charter schools count, by the way. But these are all schools that are non-for-profit. Um, and you made 120 payments while working nonprofit. Another uh, option for forgiveness is the 20 or 25-year forgiveness plan, which has nothing to do with you working for nonprofit. This is anybody out there with loans. You can be on a 20 or 25 forgiveness a year forgiveness plan. So, so far, we've got two options. We pay off your loans entirely. We go to one of the forgiveness options, which is federal loan forgiveness or the regular forgiveness, which is 20 or 25 years. And then the third option, which people don't talk about a lot, is the teacher loan forgiveness. The teacher loan forgiveness option is if you worked in an, a, 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 a low-income school, a high-needs area, for five years, you could get 5000 or $17,500 wiped out of your loans, depending on what subject area you taught. So if you were in a high need subject area like special education, like secondary math, secondary science, those are all $17,500 wiped out. Easy, like five years of service, you worked in those, you fill out a form, right away those can be gone. 
if you were an elementary teacher, an art teacher, a librarian, uh, those a social studies teacher, you get a, it's it's not fair, but you get five thousand dollars that you can get for giving. So let, let me ask you this, Justin: Does did you have to be making consecutive payments on that, or is it just literally you had to work for five years? Once the five years is up, whether you made payments or didn't make payments, that's going to be forgiven. The 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 teacher loan forgiveness, the payment count does not matter. The PS left 10 year plan and the IDR 2025 year plan has to match employment with number of payments. Great question, Dave. Is there is there a way for me to find out if my school qualifies under there? Is there a website I can yeah. type in my school and it will say, well, you have a certain amount of free and reduced lunch. Ding, ding, ding. You qualify and you don't. Where do I find another that? fantastic question? If you actually go to studentaid.gov and you go, you there's a forgiveness tab up top. One of them is teacher loan forgiveness. You can click on that and you can search for your school district and it will show up whether you're qualified or not and what years qualify. Because it's actually weird the way the formula is. If your school district is somewhere in the middle on free and reduced lunch, some years it may count and some years it doesn't. But for most schools, it's been a pretty blanket, like all five years you've worked or not. So you can just literally go to studentaid.gov. Up on the top right of your screen, it's there's a forgiveness tab and you can read about PSLF, which is the 10-year plan, and the teacher loan forgiveness right there and search for your school. Brandon, this sounds like one of those episodes that you love. This is Brandon. When he wants to listen to a podcast, he wants to get out a notebook. He wants to get out his favorite pen. He <laughs> wants to sit down. He wants to jot down information. Brandon, I know you've got to be loving this so far. Honestly, I want to, I've want to. i got to go back. I wish I had my pen on me right now because this is stuff that I've got to put in an email to my school staff to make sure that sure they hear it. And if they don't get through the whole episode, I want to have bullet points of here's where you go, here's how much it is, and make this very easy and digestible for them. So this is amazing stuff. I actually kind of forgot about the teacher student loan forgiveness, and I didn't know that it had gone up to 17.5. That's a lot. That is, is a lot. That is a lot. And so, you know, one of the things that, and, and, and I'll touch on this, this is kind of a departure from the meat and potatoes that you were just going into. It, it's getting more into mindset and philosophy a little bit. But one of the things that I run into with some teachers is that, um, and, and just people in general is they feel like it's somehow like, look, I took the loan out. I got to pay it back. And so they, 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 it's almost a self-imposed punishment, uh, when there's a, a lifeline available to them. Do you run into that at all? And if so, what do you, what do you tell those teachers that, that qualify could go and get, you know, debt relief here, uh, but there's something there. There's just a, a block, a moral block in the way of them going out and do and taking advantage of it. Sometimes I get I consult with somebody who is a Dave Ramsey follower. Um, I've had a few of those that think that have that same philosophy. Um, and the only thing I, I we can't can, I necessarily can't force them to to make the decision. But in my opinion, teachers are relatively underpaid in most areas. Um, this is a great perk. Uh, that you could take advantage of for the service that you're doing to our community. Um, and to have that little, to me, extra bonus uh, to be able to cover some of your loans, I think is something that's well-deserved for most teachers. And that's my opinion. Yeah. And, and, and well, that's, ex that's exactly what I always say too. I just want to kind of get that out there. Just yeah. if you listen to this episode and you're thinking, yeah, but I'm not going to do that because, and there's some kind of a moral hindrance there. I, I would say exactly what you just said. You just said it better than I would have said it though. Um, yeah. I, I think that they should take, look, it's available, take advantage of it. Um, you know, uh, you, you, the service you provide is, is incredible. You know, what you're doing for our kids and, and, and we want you to take advantage of this if you're, if you're able to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean if, I would ask the teach, I would ask those same teachers, would you turn away a $15,000 raise from the state that you 
live in or the district that you live in. I mean, it's the government that's paying us. If the government's providing this option, why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Especially if you're not getting a raise or, you know, you think that you deserve to be getting paid more money. Uh, to me, it's a no brainer personally. And, and I hate that anybody would struggle with that. And I completely feel with them, but take advantage, take advantage of it. So we've got two more things on kind of the, te- the key terms part of our plan here for today. Um, the next is around, so we've already talked about private versus public. We've talked about uh, the different forgiveness options and strategies of how you can attack them. Now, the next thing underneath there is how do you pay these off? So again, there's numerous ways that you can choose pay- uh, payment plans to be able to cover this. If you are somebody who is, it makes sense mathematically or moral, morally for you to pay these off, and not go go for a forgiveness option, you're gonna look at all of the payment plans, you're probably gonna choose the one with the lowest interest and the lowest amount that you're actually paying. That for most people is a standard payment plan and that's the 10 year one they're automatically on. Now, if you are going for a forgiveness plan, most of the time, you are gonna wanna try to be on the lowest payment plan per month because you're going for forgiveness. So you want the most, you want the least amount of money out of pocket. And you literally just want your month to just get a check mark saying, hey, I made this month, this payment. And so for out there, you have to be on an income-driven plan. And the income-driven plans out there, one of them, the old school, way back, I think during the Bush administration came out with the first one, and that was the ICR plan. The second plan is the pay plan, which is stands for P-A-Y-E, pay as you earn. And then the new one, which just came out, which we're going to talk a lot about today, is the save plan. So in a few minutes, we're going to go through some situations with those. But each of those has different rules. Um, If you have uh, been on loans prior, you're probably on one of the old loans. And it might make sense for you to switch to the newest plan, which the Biden administration just came out with. And for a lot of people, that is lowering payments. Not all, but for some people, that is lowering your payments. Um, So we're going to dive into those in a minute. And then the final kind of key term part is I get asked a lot about what's consolidation mean. So a loan consolidation is when, let's just say, Dave went to undergrad and had $35,000 of undergraduate loans split up among three or four loans. All right. Then you started working and then you've got graduate school loans with another $20,000. At that point, you might have five, six, seven, maybe 10 loans. A consolidation takes all those loans and sandwiches them together. It gives you the average interest rate. And on top of that, it puts all those amounts into two buckets. One is unsubsidized and one is subsidized. So it more or less cleans your file up. The consolidation makes sense if you have different payment counts because it will essentially give you the largest and highest one. But that action has to be taken by December 31st for that to happen. Prior to two years ago, if you consolidated, it restarted the clock. So this is what's really, really important for folks out there. And this was that example I started the episode with. If you have different loans with different payment counts, December 31st is the last chance for you to consolidate your loans and that the payment clock doesn't start, doesn't, it doesn't restart. If you do it by December 31st, it's going to give you the highest amount. So Dave, if you made payments way back from undergraduate, but then you just went to graduate school and took out another $20,000 of debt two years ago. If you have 25 or 50 payments on your undergraduate and you have three undergraduate loans, if you wait till December 31st after that and you consolidate, all of those are going to be consolidated and your payment count is going to be zero. Restart. If you take action between now and December 31st, they're going to take all of those loans, consolidate those, and just give you the highest payment account. This is the number one slam dunk opportunity that you've got to take action with yesterday, right? You've got until December 31st. 
So this uh, and and just to kind of cover this, I'm sure it's it's still going to be worth doing. You just you just take the hit if it, if it turns out the way I think it might. So if you get released of this debt, that's going to count as income on your tax return for this year. Is that correct? Great question. No, the uh, PSLF program. Note it's not taxable income on your federal return. A oh, few okay. states do require it, but it's tax free federal. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's Wonderful. that's good to know. So yeah. in, in this example. Um, let's say that uh, I've been teaching 15 years and I've made 125 payments on my undergrad student loans. And I recently started grad school to be admin like coach Spies over here. And I just took out $20,000 for grad school and I've made three payments on that. If I consolidate the, the 18,000 I have left from undergrad and then add the, you know, $20,000 from my graduate degree. Now I've got $38,000 of student loan debt, but if I add it with those old payments and it hit, as long as it hits that 120 mark, that can all get forgiven. Absolutely. Consolidation is public. a big important piece now. There's the only, the only negative consolidation right now, and that's why it's not for everybody, is if right now all of your loans are the same payment count and you are still making, uh, if your payment amount is still on one of the old plans that's relatively low, because let's just say in 2020, your payment amount was like $100 a month. When you consolidate, you have to recertify your income. And that's the one big negative to it where it might make sense for you to hang back if your payment account doesn't adjust and you keep another year of a low payment, like a low, a low amount, a low monthly payment. So that's the one thing with consolidation is that you have to recertify your income with the newest with the newest income, and that may increase your income. But it would might be worth it if you get an extra 10, 20, 30 payments of counted amount towards your PSLF count of 120. So it's very individualized whether it comes consolidation makes sense, but it's almost always a slam dunk if you have different payment counts with like a difference of over 10 payments. It's like almost a slam dunk. Consolidate, it's okay if it goes up, you just saved possibly a year worth of payments. And I think uh, an important point of clarity here too is people might be asking the question, well, hey, the last couple of years, you know, mine was kind of in forbearance. I hadn't made a payment for for 15 months or 18 months. It's my understanding that even when you haven't been making payments, well, it was in forbearance with COVID, those actually count as payment months. Yes, great. Yes, Dave. So uh, that actually brings us into the next kind of part of our time, which is going to be just around deadlines and dates coming up. So can we just kind of run through the last four years of student loans? Because it's been a crazy Yeah, world. yeah, go ahead. So March 2020, March 13, 2020, when COVID more or less took our country by storm, from March 2020 to August 2023, that's over three years, the government did not require you to make payments on your loans. This was called the COVID pause. No loans, no interest. During that period of time, you didn't need to make payments, and they all still counted towards PSLF. So for a lot of people, they haven't made payments in three and a half years, and that's over 40 payments that are going to literally be for free for you right on your profile, which is huge. It's literally a third of the process right there. Absolutely. It's amazing. So for no, most, for a lot crazy. of folks out there, that deadline is, uh, it's, that's, that's over though. So in August, the Biden administration just put out a new payment plan called the SAVE plan. For most people, this is going to lower how much you're going to pay because the formula for most people, lowers how much your monthly payment is going to be. Not for everybody, for most people it does. When it doesn't make sense is, again, like the example I just said a minute ago, is if way back in 2019, you're, you were on a payment plan and the payment was really low and your income has increased a lot, if you now choose the new payment plan, 
It's going to require you to recertify your income. And if your income has gone up by 5, 10, 15, 20,000, like I know Brandon's an administrator now, if he was to reapply now, his salary is probably higher than three years ago. It might, might make sense for him not to choose the Biden plan for right now. But a year from now, when the government requires him to recertify his income, then he might want to switch over to the Biden plan. So it's and, and by, by Biden plan, I mean the new state plan. So you, you it being really strategic around when you decide to uh, switch over the payment plan is going to be important right now. For most people, switching over to the save plan is going to make sense right now, but not for everybody. Wow. That is a, a um, tremendous amount of information, all really good stuff. And it's going to like that. Like, I can't wait to get this to my friend uh, because this is going to change her life for sure. She's going to. So my, my question would be now, um, of course, sometimes the paperwork's difficult to navigate for for yeah. for a lot of people. This is not it's not necessarily an easy process. Um, and so, could you talk a little bit about the services you provide uh, that, that that how somebody could reach out to you and and it could you know and, and help them through the process? Yeah, so there's a number of folks out there that do work that we do, which is more or less student loan consulting on top of our normal financial planning. So I know I offer a two part. Uh, student loan consult where we meet together, we figure out if there's a way for me to be able to help you. If there's a way for me to be able to help you, uh, my rates, I charge 450 bucks and we do two sessions together. We figure out if, uh, what's your best optimized payment plan structure? Um, should you switch over now? And then we walk through over filling out the paperwork. Should we consolidate the, the paperwork for consolidation, the payment plan, which is our best option, and then filling out paperwork for that. And then also filling out paperwork to certify uh, your, your the school district you're working at so you can get those payments to count. So more or less, it's like a hand-holding through this to figure out where you are now, what's the best payment cycle, what's the best payment situation, which plan is best for you. Uh, and then the second session, we come through and more or less work through all the paperwork so that you leave with a great plan on where you're going and all of this very confusing stuff gets taken care of from a professional. That's, that's great. And for $450, I mean, gosh, if, if it's going to forgive 10, 15, a hundred thousand dollars, that's the best $450 you'll ever spend is having somebody who's going to take away a lot of those headaches. And, you know, a lot of people quit when they start filling out this information on their own. They've never had anybody to help them. We know a lot of people struggle even just opening a Roth IRA and walking through those steps. This can be very confusing. And I've also heard you also have to be very patient with this. So if I walk into your office, we meet, I pay you the 450 bucks and uh, we have this discussion. You help me fill out the paperwork. You know, could I assume that, you know, by January 1st, I'm going to have my hundred thousand dollars of loans forgiven in the next two months, or is this going to be a it year be, process. It, it could be three like? months. It could be six months. I've seen people seven or eight months. So you got to be really patient for it. Uh, but honestly, for a lot of folks that I'm seeing, they're at like payments 60 to 80. And so just getting on the right plan in the lowest possible option and then a vision of where you're going over the next five years just this allows a lot of confidence in the plan. Um, a few other important things is September for folks, actually, the payments were supposed to resume, but September was a unique month that interest started. But you didn't need to make a payment, and it's still counted for PSLF. October, interest continued. And now, starting October onwards, if you're not making a payment starting now, PSLF does not count. So if you are not set up right now for October, we've got to, we got to get a plan together at some point. Make sure you're in the right payment plan. Is it the best situation for you? Are you paying as low as possible? And start making auto pays now, because October does resume. And then one other important thing is, the Biden administration put out a one-year ramp-up period, which is a unique thing. For the next year, 
you you're you're supposed to make payments. It's not going to count for PSLF if you don't. And interest continues, but they're not reporting any delinquent payments to your credit agency if you don't make payments over the next year. So they're giving like a one year ramp up period where it still sucks because you're increasing your interest. But if you are waiting for things to like take place with your PSLF, if you know you're going to get forgiven, it's a great time where just you don't have to make payments and no one's reporting anything. And so this this next 12 months, it might make sense for you to make payments. And it may make maybe it doesn't make sense, depending on where you are in your situation. Now, just to be clear again on this, uh, I'm a slow learner. Yep. Um, do the payments have to be consecutive? What ha- what happens if, you know, there was a, a medical emergency or I had a baby, uh, a life event happened and I happened to miss one of the payments? Does that screw me over? And now public student loan forgiveness just doesn't seem like an option for me? No, it, it doesn't have to be consecutive. All you just need to have is 120 payments that match a payment you made and a date you made. It doesn't have to be consecutive. They're literally just looking at matching those okay. and giving you that one point for that. Good, 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 good to know. And I have one other question. This might make the, if you're, if you're listening and you're one of the people that's morally, should I do this? Should I not do this? This might make you upset. What if I have someone at my school that they had, of student loan debt. They didn't know about public student loan forgiveness, but they've ended up paying off their student loan debt. And they've really been scrimping by to just make it. But now they find out today on this podcast, man, I just paid off $50,000 of student loan debt and I had been making payments for 120 plus. Is there any way for that person to go back and to prove that they've been making the payments and maybe get some sort of a refund? Is that a reality or no? No, what you're describing is no. And I know that can be really frustrating for people. And I know that's the other side of this for sure. That can be frustrating. I, I know for me, I paid off mine and it's just my attitude on it is like, Hey, if we can get more, te- keep more teachers, great teachers keeping in the classroom for another few years here, cause they're going to stay for the forgiveness option versus going to corporate America. I'm like, it's better for our kids. And I, uh, I think that's, that's, that's my, men- my mindset on it. Um, gotcha. but no, if, unfortunately, if you paid off your stuff and you're done, you should be really proud of yourself for taking those steps. Um, but there's not a lot we can do right now for that. Gotcha. So. Just double checking. And I know we only have about five to seven minutes left. I know that you said there's a lot of scenarios that you see uh, and you've had some success stories. If you don't mind running through some of that. Yeah. So I, this is a cool little connection from last uh, your, our last week's episode to this week's episode. Um, open enrollment guys uh, again is in full swing right now. And it's a really unique time, not only to make sure that your uh, stuff is all set up that we talked about last week, but any changes that you make to increase your pre-tax contributions lowers your taxable income. And every year, if you're on a student loan forgiveness plan and you're on an income-driven plan, the government requires you to send in more or less your taxable income for the year, and it's going to increase or decrease your student loan payment. So really important thing, guys, is that not only if you decide to increase your retirement contributions and FSA contributions, not only are you saving more for the future, but the government sees that you have a lower tax amount and it's going to lower your tax, uh, your taxable income, which lowers your student loan payment. So I'll give you some an example. Let's just say you're a 10th year teacher and you're making $60,000 right now. Okay. If I right now next year, no, I still got student loan payments. And I want to increase my retirement contributions. I have some room in my budget. If I go in and tweak my retirement contributions or FSA contributions, and let's just say I defer $5,000 more, that means the government sees that my taxable income goes from sixty to 55000 My monthly payment on the new save plan would go from $227 a month to $185 a month. 
let's just say I do another five grand and I go from 60 now to 50. That means I put more in my 403B, 457, or I put some money in my FSA because I'm getting uh, braces next year or Invisalign, right? Now I go from 60 to 50 and my monthly payment goes from 227 down to $143 a month. Wow. Let's say I go now another 5,000. I go from 60 to 45,000. That means I deferred $15,000 of income. Now the government thinks I only made uh, 45,000. And now my payment goes from 227 to $102 a month. Wow. All of those months are still going to account for PSLF. It doesn't matter the amount as long as you just make the check mark and that you're required to make that, you make that payment. So there's a lot of unique things that you can do with your open enrollment period to set yourself up for next year on showing a lower taxable income if you know you're going to have student loans for a few years. Pretty cool. Wow. And so one 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 follow-up question to that, that that is that is a really cool hack there that you could use. If you let's say you uh, negotiated with your lender, you haven't reached your 120 payments yet. You negotiate with your lender and you do a principal only payment. Um do principal only payments count towards the 120? It's you you wouldn't want to do that, Brandon. If you're going for a uh if if you're going for a PSLF program, you need to hit the you want to hit the exact amount and you want to make sure the payment plan that you're in is a qualifying payment at the lowest amount possible. Gotcha. And so the whole like what you're used to old school with is pay the principal will make sense only if you're going to pay off credit card debt, you're paying off your house early, and or if you're paying your student loan off for like straight through and not going for a forgiveness option. Because if you if you're a second year teacher and you only got fifteen thousand dollars of student loans, there's a good chance that the forgiveness option is not right for you because you're over ten years you're going to have them paid off before that. And the method you just described makes sense. But if I see a first year teacher with fifty thousand dollars of debt, they're not going to be able to cover the normal standard plan. We want to get you on an income driven plan. And I actually messed up there. I didn't mean to say principal. I meant to say interest. Gotcha, well, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, where you negotiate with the pre- and, and you lower the payment down as much as you possibly can. So you're only paying the interest every month. So it's a really low payment, but you're- Yeah, great question. Was, you really want it to be, you. the only thing you can do to lower your payment and still count is if your income changes down because the formula is based on your income and not gotcha. based on principal and all that. Let, so, let me ask a follow-up question for you. And I know, obviously we're not here to give tax advice per se. You need to go see a tax professional. Everybody's unique situation is different. Yep. Let's say that um, my spouse makes 150 grand a year and, and they're a high income earner. I'm a teacher that makes $60,000 a year and I'm the teacher and I've got $100,000 of student loan debt from my undergrad and my master's program. Would it at that point make sense at all to maybe not even file jointly if I'm married and kind of file on my own for taxes so I can have that income payment plan be lower versus hey, we now com- make a combined 200 plus thousand dollars a year. Dave, that's a, actually one of my first scenarios I was going to share is you're, that's a perfect example where let's say you filed step, uh, jointly last year. If you right now were, were a, a, to apply for the new save plan, you are going to have to put both your incomes in because you're going to use last year's taxable income. You might be a perfect candidate to actually take advantage of the on-ramp period and not make payments right now, even though they're not going to count, the payment would be so high where it might be make, make sense to wait File your taxes as soon as you can in February separately so that Dave is only being on the books as making 50000 And then at that point, since you just filed, then apply for the new save plan, certify your income, and then now it's going to be you and then maybe if you have a dependent with your $50,000 salary, which is probably going to be in your payment from like 1000 down to like $200 a month, awesome. and it'll be drastically different. So that's a really interesting tool that we just did was utilize the on-ramp and not make payments for a few months. 
Because if so, you'd make $1,000 every month right now. Pause, wait till February. They're not going to count, but it's worth not paying the 1000 bucks. File separately and then go through it. And that would be an example of someone who probably should have a consult because $450 to be able to, like that's, it, it's, it'd be nothing to be able to save what that person would, would save between that analysis. Wow. That's, that's really next level stuff. And, and again, this is all legal, legal stuff. You just have to, you've <laughs> got to learn to play by the rules. Uh, there are rules of the game out there. And if you don't know what the rules are, you know, you're, you're often going to lose. So we just have to educate ourselves. Justin, as we get ready to wrap up here with just uh, a few minutes left, did you have any other examples or anything specific regarding the student loans that you'd like to squeeze in here in the next 90 to 120 seconds? Absolutely. Two examples that I'm seeing a lot with. If you're an older teacher who has old FFBL loans, all right, that's a different type of loan that used to never qualify for federal loan forgiveness. This is usually for teachers that have been teaching for 12 plus years. They are right now between now and December 31st, allowing also for you to consolidate those loans. And what that will do is that will put you on one of the new uh, plans that does qualify for PSLF. And so what I'm seeing a lot of is folks that are older being able to get a plan together, consolidate your loans. And if you've been teaching 10, 15 years, it's almost usually a slam dunk where you've made enough payments. You just need to consolidate, get on an income driven plan and just literally hold, fill out your PSLF paperwork and you'll be forgiven. So we're seeing a lot, a lot of examples out there for people who are in FFBL loans that need to take action now. Also, like I said before, if you have different payment counts between now and December 31st, you've got to make sure you're consolidating before then so that you can get these all as one. And then the third thing is, if you haven't filled out your federal loan forgiveness paperwork, just to get an accurate count of where you are, it's something you can do right on the studentaid.gov site. You can go to the forgiveness page, go to PSLF, and then literally you put in your school district, you put in your uh, dates that you worked, you have a supervisor sign the form. You send it in, and within a few months, they'll give you a good, accurate count of where you are. So at least you have a baseline to know how far you have to go to make those payments and what plan you should be on. So taking action right now between now and December 31st is going to be key for most people out there. Have a plan. Be intentional. Um, we can, you, you can do this. And there are so many opportunities for us to be able to lower payments and uh, to get you on a right plan. That's still going to allow you to live a really fruitful life, plan for retirement, um, still live an intentional life without student loans crushing you. Wow. I mean, there's so much information there and so much hope there because we, we I know for a fact there are a lot of teachers out there that are laboring under student loan debt and those payments are making it very difficult for them to build wealth. And here's an opportunity to get with a professional uh, opportunity provided where you could get out from underneath that. Um, imagine it, you're, you're paying four or five hundred dollars or whatever for a student loan payment. And all of a sudden now I can take that. You might be able to fund a Roth IRA or, or build your emergency savings account up to a, a, a number that you would be comfortable with just on the payments that you're making for student loans that can be forgiven quickly. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. It's, it is unbelievable. And think about a lot of teachers that we've come across, Coach, with this podcast for almost three years. A lot of teachers have the mentality of the vow of poverty. We don't make enough money. I know lots of teachers that have especially given up on building wealth or even living a quality life because they have a hundred thousand dollars hanging over their head and they feel like there's no hope. And what would saving a hundred dollars in a Roth IRA do for me? I've got a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. And every time I make a payment, you know, 75% of it goes to interest and only 25% is even going on the principal. I'm never going to be able to get out of my situation. We've got to get out of jail free card here that Justin's provided. Justin, how can our listeners reach out to you and 
Are you uh, currently taking on any more clients? I know it's kind of a, a big crunch here to get it in uh, with the deadlines, but where can they find you? Yep. So my uh, website, which is br- actually, I just revamped it. It came out really good. It's uh, Garrett, G-A-R-R-I-T-T, financial solutions. Um, dot com. You can check it out on there. You can literally schedule a student loan consult right under the services page. And while you're there, I, every fee that I have, all the services that I have is, are transparently listed right on the website. You can uh, take advantage of that um, if you're interested. If you are interested in um, getting a consult together, it's really got to be in the next uh, six to seven weeks because the time December 15th onward hits, it's going to be really, really difficult to work through the consolidation stuff. Uh, in time. So you've got to take action like ASAP. Um, and I'm really excited because November, uh, I have I opened my calendar up. And I've got a lot of people coming in to be able to make sure we can help them out um, to, get, to get this taken care of, because it could be life, life, life changing um, to be able to get this plan together. And Dave, what you just mentioned as far as the amount of loans, what's interesting about the current payment plan structure, if you have $50,000 of debt or you have $200,000 of debt because you went to get your doctorate and your principal, it makes no difference when you're in a when you're in an income-driven plan. It's based on how much money you make, not the size of your loan. So if you're going for forgiveness, the size of the loan doesn't make much of a difference. And I know that that amount feels intimidating, but we can get you on a plan to make sure that you can go live an awesome life without this being your uh, thing that breaks you. Have you added up uh, a cumulative amount of how much your clients oh, have paid off? It's definitely many millions by now, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Justin, we... We loved having you on for back-to-back weeks here. It's been a pleasure. It's been a treat. Congratulations on exiting the classroom. You're still teaching. You're just teaching adults uh, so we can all live better lives. And again, congratulations on on the wedding and the marriage that you've had and, and all the success that you guys are sharing together. We greatly appreciate you being a part of the Fit family. Perfect. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Dave. Hey, hey, thank thanks you so much. We got to get him and his wife down for, uh, uh, we all got to get on your boat, man. Yeah, let, let's set it up. Let's set it up. We know he'll fly down here and he'll have his uh, lunch pail ready with his ham and cheese sandwich pack. Actually, companion pass ready to go. Uh, all points on Southwest. I'll be there. All you don't. Right. You don't well, need a. You don't need a lunch pail. Uh, I, I've got you on the. I love it. On the on the sandwiches, we're good. We you know what? My wife and I are, are actually we talk a lot about spending more money, and we're on the opposite side of things, which is cool. Like we now budget to spend more money, uh, right? And so that's one thing. It's sometimes it's, if you're wired to be a saver, it's. Uh, it's a whole nother tweak that like, once you've reached your goal, we got to, we got $300 a month to go out to eat and let's actually do this. Uh, right. Yeah. Let's make optimize this. It's a whole a different, different opposite. Yeah. If you, well, if you do what you, if you do what you've got to do, you get to do what you want to do. Right. So you've and done then, what uh, you've got to do now you get to do what you want to. So congrats on that. And thanks again, Justin and Brandon. I want to thank all the fit listeners for joining us on this week's version of the financially independent teachers podcast. We hope you join us for next week. And as always be frugal, Be fearless and be a lifelong learner. Take care, everybody.